0: And a deep breath. How many of you have kids? Do you remember when they were little? Did you ever say when they were having their freak out moments, take a deep breath? Anyone ever say that? How they respond to that one? (laughs) Gracie, take a deep breath. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean this in a helpful way. Take a deep breath. How many are running on empty? Anybody? Feel like you're running on empty. How many feel like you're fast pace right now? You're busy. When people say, how are you doing? You go, I'm busy. Anyone saying that one? Okay. So again, take a breath. We want to slow it down. We have been doing this series on a living invitation. And I have despised most of its significance in my life since we've begun this journey <laughs> Because you see opportunity everywhere. Has anyone seen more opportunity of stepping into being a living invitation than you did maybe a month ago? Okay. Yes. How fun is that? It's fun when the invitation is easy and easier to give and it doesn't stretch you. And then it bears great results. So, Man, I got this gig down. I can be a living invitation. And then that one person comes. <laughs> And the Lord's like, here it is. I let you practice with the easy stuff. Here it is. And now you're like, I don't like this. Can we talk about something else at church? Uh, No. Because the church historically in Scripture is the embodiment of invitation. The church, God's church, is the body of Christ. Those that have said yes to have intimate relationship with him you are the invitation to the world into that intimacy is that clear man being up here makes me feel more authoritative is that clear <laughs> we are we are the church and i want to tell you something i've been thinking more and more about this it is a wonderful privilege to be a part of and to serve one another so that people can be invited into what we know. And more than what we know, what we experience. So the song we just sang is very appropriate. I hope we feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed to the point where words are not adequate enough to describe the blessing that we have to being his. It is hard though. How many find it challenging? Okay, thank you. It is challenging. No matter how close and how many breakthroughs you get with Jesus, it is always challenging. So this morning, we want to talk about how do we remain a living invitation in the midst of adversity, in the midst of challenge, and understand the importance of endurance through it all, and then how do we endure? Now, we we in the church culture, those of us especially who have grown up in the church, who's grown up in the church or been exposed to the church most of their life, you hear things like this. We need to consider it all joy, which is the passage we will go through this morning. When we are faced with many trials, for it builds your endurance. It's a great word. I don't know what that means because I don't feel like I'm enduring when everything hits the fan. It's hard, isn't it? It's challenging. Do you like it? No. Do you feel joyful? No. Do you feel excited and hopeful about living another day in this mess that you're in? Oh, I love this. Lord, give me another. No. It's horrible. Now, let's be honest about it so that we can engage this passage this morning authentically without any uh, baggage we may bring or we talk ourselves into that this is a light and fluffy thing that I just consider pure joy. It'll be amazing if these trials come my way because I've got joy. If you can get there, and I believe we can, it is amazing Hang on to that. But I have to be honest with myself. I don't like going through trial. I don't consider it pure joy. When you hear that word pure, that's flawless. There's this completeness about your joy. If I can even get a fraction of that, that's a victory for me. But we have to start and be honest with ourselves. How do we feel about that? How do I be a living invitation and endure all the junk around me so that Jesus can be seen and then be joyful about it? Pfft, I don't know. And no amount of TED Talks help. No, I mean, <laughs> no amount of therapy. They help give guidance. But ultimately, it's our choice of posturing. The invitation to be in Christ is the invitation to see the world as it is and see what Jesus does with it. Which means we have to learn to be in his presence in such a way that endurance is a blessing and not a curse and not something, an obligation just to survive. Because sometimes we look at endurance as, I need endurance so I can survive, right? Right? Man, I cannot run this marathon unless I have endurance. If I don't, I'm not going to survive. Now, I want you to take your Bibles out, because I know you all have them in some way, shape, or form, whether it be on your phone, your iPad, or the real hard copy right in front of you. I want you to turn to James 1. And I'll give you a couple of seconds to... Get there. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. And you can follow along. You can just listen. We're going to read it twice. Dear... Brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's kind of heavy. <laughs> so I'm going to read it again. Now I want you to close your eyes for a second, and I want you to hear this as best you can. Or do whatever you need to do to focus. I want you to hear this, and I want you to filter it through. What does this mean to me, and how do I feel about it? Pay attention to how it affects your body, your spirit. Does it make you cringe? Do you get excited? Are you kind of like, I don't know what this means? Or is it, yeah, it doesn't really apply to me. I got this down. Whatever it may be, be sensitive to what you're experiencing, and what you're feeling when you hear this again. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If your ambition in life was just this passage, that would be enough, would it not? Yes or no? And we have this whole thing. But this is of the utmost importance because this is about how do we posture ourselves. And I'm going to say this word and we're going to unpack it a little bit later. How do I settle myself in the freedom, the freedom I have in Christ Jesus so I can live this? Here, Here James says, for you know. The people who's you, he's assuming they already know that when their faith is tested, endurance has a, a chance to grow. Most of us know that, correct? When our faith is tested, which we all love, right? <laughs> it has a chance to grow. But here it's, so let it grow. We have the choice to allow ourselves to grow into it. We have the choice. There are two words I want to focus uh, on in this passage to unpack a little bit so that we can have a better understanding of what we're being asked to consider and to do, so that when we go outside of these walls, no matter what comes our way, we see every opportunity as an invitation to continue to walk with Jesus in all things, and joy will come out. But what does joy mean? We all carry different definitions of the word joy. They might be very similar. Some may say semantics. Well, my version is this, and your version, is that's pretty much the same thing. But there's differences, aren't there? We all have, bring our own definitions to these wonderful biblical words. And that's sometimes where we can go different directions as a church body. But joy simply means this. It means leaning in. That's what the word in Greek means. Leaning in, and the concept is around that word, is leaning into God's favor or grace. That's what this word, this intentional word, and this letter means. So, when you face trials of many kinds, consider an opportunity to lean in to God's grace. That's what the writer said. Consider it an opportunity to lean in. Now that changes things for me, because my definition of joy is who I got the joy of the Lord. Yay! Celebration, happiness. That's not what it means. It's how it can be expressed. But what it means is to lean in to God's grace and favor, who He is in your life. Does that not kind of tweak that passage for you? Consider it an opportunity for pure joy, an opportunity to lean in, right? That's about posture. I'm reposturing myself. I can lean away and I can lean towards. You ever talk to someone that does not know you have personal space? Who's experienced those people? Some of us are those people. I can be one of those people. There are a few people in my life, man, they want to make sure I know they're there, and they're there. And you kind of do the gentle, you know, I've got an itch or a scratch, and you try to take four steps away so you can take care of that, right? But you lean in, you're engaged. There's a posturing there. As living invitations, we always have to be leaning towards God's grace because we want to be where he is, right? Right? So it's an opportunity to press even further. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, another word that we can stumble on is the word perfect. Be perfect as I am perfect. Ha! Ah, that sounds Horrible. I mean, and that we're, we're done before you even try. Because we're all born into sin, yeah. How can we become perfect? But that's because we're using a specific definition of perfection. Whether we like it or not, we can change our def- definition and make it sound a little more spiritual or this and that. But when you look at how much shame we have when we do something wrong, that really, really points out what kind of definition we actually carry with perfection. Because perfection, whether we like to admit it or not, we approach it as something I have to do that will reflect a sense of no mistakes, that would reflect a sense of flawlessness. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, not everybody, not every single person, but generally speaking, we are to be without sin. Well, that sounds like A really unfair task, because I'm already born into sin. I'm forgiven of sin. I'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. How many of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Sin's forgiven. How many of you still sin? Wow, let's throw away this passage, because perfect? Ah, that ain't gonna happen if I define it as flawlessness. But guess what? Ah, Thank you, Lord, for original intent of a word because the Greek word is teleos, which means mature and complete according to what God has for you and for me. It's a completion of what he's designed us to be. That doesn't mean flawlessness of no sin ever there. It means that we have reached the end. We've come to a place of great, wonderful completion of God's will in our life. When we are with Jesus, do we lack anything? No, because he is everything. When I lean into him, when I live a life of joy, leaning into his grace and his favor, I begin to become more complete. See, we say the word, we want the peace of God to reign in our hearts. Yes? We want peace in this country. We want peace in our hearts. But peace means in the biblical language to take what's broken and bring wholeness. It's what it means. It's not the absence of conflict. It's wholeness in the midst of conflict. Perfection is not flawlessness. It's a completion of being with God in such a way that he has, he has dominion and sovereignty and lordship over your life, because if he has that, you lack nothing. How do you get it? You press in. Especially when trials come. Especially. How do we continue to be a living invitation? Because to invite someone in is to risk being betrayed. We're terrified of it. How many have been betrayed in your life? You give someone your trust, they spit on it. Guess what? (laughs) Some might disagree with me. You trust again. You don't allow the pain and the fear. We cannot allow it to keep us from inviting people in to our story with Jesus. We can't. We can't. See, we live... When we live with Jesus, we live in a different freedom than how we define it, even in this country. When I was uh, in grade school, my favorite thing was to go to church and talk to the guys that had lived through World War II, Vietnam, Korea, all the different engagements, fights for freedom. And I wanted to hear the stories. And what I heard would change and form my life in ways I never thought possible. Because I said, "What got you through?" They would tell me in detail because I want it. I said, "Spare no detail. If you can do it, I want to hear it." And the things that they said and the hurts and the brokens, I'm going, "Ah, oh, you want to bow out. You want to tap out because it's too much." So, my question would be, how would you do it? How did you get through? And they would say, person to their left and their right. But the thing I would hear over and over and over is knowing that God was with them. Over and over and over. Could it be that simple? Could it? Could it be that simple? That this whole life is just about the witness of God. And that walking with him, anything can be endured. Anything. And I don't mean this as a rah-rah speech. But anything can be possible to endure with Christ. I want to read you a, a psalm. Psalmist Asaph. Psalm 73. I'm just going to read a few verses here. But this guy is lamenting about the wickedness of the people around him. The things that he's struggled with. And he's crying out to God and he's hurting. He's hurting. He knows God's good, but he's hurting. But he cries out. And the first 24 verses are of him recounting the pain and the heartache. Just like the men that I talked to that endured such trials fighting for the sake of freedom and what we believe to be is right. And he says this in verse 25, and I want you to listen Whom have I in heaven but you, God? Whom do I have? I desire you. More than anything on earth. My health may fail. And my spirit may grow weak. But you remain the strength of my heart. You are mine forever. Those who desert you will perish. And you destroy those who abandon you. But as for me. How good it is to be near you. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. And I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Who's he going to tell? Does that sound like an invitation? An invitation from someone that feels he has nothing but understands that in the midst of having nothing, he has everything. I'm at a place right now where I can't get on any social media. I won't even watch TV. Because we are in one of the most pivotal times in our country. And it is overwhelming. And terrifying. And embarrassing. And leaves me with question marks. What do we do? Is anyone in that department... I go through the list in my head, doesn't matter who, and I go through what is going to be taken. Has anyone done that list? What freedoms will be taken? And my fear begins to creep in and continue to drive this questionnaire in my heart. If so-and-so, if so-and-so, if only so-and-so were here instead of this person, why, da, da 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 fear, 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 fear. What freedoms are gonna be taken from me? And I said, Lord, what do I do? He says, you're using the wrong definition of freedom. I am freedom, he says. Is it important to vote? Absolutely, I'm not talking about that. Is it important to fight for the ideals Of who we are in Christ? Absolutely. But should I be afraid? Because of what I think, what freedoms I think will be taken from me? No. Because the freedom that you and I have, no one can take. (laughs) No one can. It is utterly impossible for anyone to take that from you. When I was a kid, I used to watch this show called Growing Pains. Anyone ever see that? Okay. Michael Siever, The oldest son in this family. And he was always getting into trouble. Lying, cheating, whatever he could. And the actor that plays him is Kirk Cameron and is the exact opposite in real life. Loves God. Now, I'm not always a fan about how he goes about all this stuff, but he said something in the last week that was really important. As Christians, this should be the most exciting time for us. Amen. Does it feel like it? No. But should it be? Yes, because we have a trial of conscience, morality. What are we going to do? What we always do. We stay with the one that is with us. That's what we do. Because that is the invitation. We want to bring people into God's freedom. His freedom. And we look at freedom as freedom from. Freedom from sin, yes. Freedom from death, yes. But freedom to as well. Freedom to be with. The one who loves us so much that He would free us from those things, so that we can be with Him. I talked to someone that said uh, they didn't understand when I said the word "with." They're like, "What does that mean?" That didn't do anything for me. Didn't do anything for me either. Been using it my whole life. Had no idea till I understood that it meant intimate proximity that cannot, I cannot be robbed from. Because if he is for me, who can be against me? See, it is a privilege to be the church. It's a privilege because it's simple. What you're inviting people into in a time of crisis, of them not knowing, especially in this country, what do we do? What do we do? Well, I'm going to vote for who I'm going to vote against instead of for. That's what we're in. It's more so for what we're voting against, what we're voting for. Well fooey! I want to be with Jesus all day long, and if it's bad, it's bad. I will lean in. I will lean into Christ Jesus, and his love and his grace will go beyond what our definition of freedom can contain, because his cannot. You haven't even experienced the fullness of his freedom yet. We get nibbles of it, which keep us going, which keep us enduring, so that when we are with him in the heavenly realms, forever and ever, amen, we will experience the fullness of God's freedom. And no politician can give it to you or take it from you. Not one of them. God doesn't need to defend himself. He doesn't need to campaign himself. He doesn't need you to campaign for him, but invite people into him. That is a freedom I want to be a part of. So I will fear no more. We cannot fear any more of what lies ahead because we know that we are with the one who brings freedom, truth, love, grace, forgiveness, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that changes the atmosphere of a heart that you and I cannot change, but he can. That person needs an invitation. And I need some water. We endure because the Lord is our shelter. We endure because he is the desire of our hearts. We endure because it started with an invitation from him to us to walk with him. And the with, you take that out of the equation. There is no relationship. There is no Christianity. Because Christianity at its core is a walk with Jesus. It's to be with him. And there are going to be voices all around us to take us from that simple truth. We want to do what's right. We want to do what's good. First Peter tells us that. We want to submit to the authorities around us. And we want to use our freedom in Christ with integrity and responsibility, but not compromise who we are. So we'll vote. We'll pray. We'll respect. But remember, the freedom we live in is greater than any freedom we can muster up on our own. That's the invitation that people will get, a relationship that will transform them and allow them to see that it's about relationship. This week, we are going to, in closing, I just want to remind us that we're going to have this night of encounter on Wednesday and it's important that we be there Um, I want to invite every single one of you to come not out of obligation but as an opportunity for us to come together and pray as the Lord sees fit to pray for our country but to pray for God's church that we would begin to understand the simplicity of just being with God and allowing everything to come from that. So I want to encourage you. It'll be a time of joy, great joy. And it will be expressed in celebration. This is how things change. When they get hard, they change because God is good. So I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, is there someone you are to invite into that? And may God give you the courage to give that invitation. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful and grateful for you. I thank you for all the people that have laid down their lives for the freedom that we have in this country. I really do. It's a cost only you can know fully because you yourself sent your one and only son <laughs> so that all would know you. You know about sacrifice and invite us into a freedom we cannot possibly fathom. And there are going to be trials around us all the time. And things may get worse. But your promises, your character, who you are, is the same in every trial. And so we ask that you help us posture ourselves to see those as opportunities to lean in to your grace and to your favor. So that we may become complete in you, lacking nothing. So that our lives can continue to be an invitation to each person we meet. To know the goodness of who you are. The love and security of who you are. The stronghold you are. The refuge that you are. And the father that you are thank you that we can say we are the church we are your church and thank you that our lives can be used as an invitation so other people will know that truth we thank you lord and we praise you in jesus name amen
1: as morning dawns and evening face you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth.